0: Hello friends. I'm Steve and I'm here with my friend Juan from Plate by Visions, a booktuber Juan. So thanks Juan for coming by to spend some time with me to chat this Friday.
1: Thank you. I mean, I was just telling you, I've been hyped about this all week. So let's let's, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> let's <laughs> talk books and stuff.
0: Let's talk books and stuff. <laughs> yeah, there is a, yeah, I've been you know, I think we've planned it like I don't know, it's been a while. It's <laughs> Looked September, I think. Yeah, it's been crazy, so it's been it's been good, but been like looking forward to it. So it's always fun to chat with you.
1: Oh, same here. I I'm honored to be part of this legendary oh. Friday conversation series. <laughs> yeah. Not like I I I love this shit. Like it's like a Friday ritual. Like I not I haven't caught all of them, but anytime I'm like, oh, it's Friday. I'm like, Let's see who Steve's talking to.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty. That's pretty <laughs> neat. Yeah. yeah, we do have a couple of people watching. Uh, Black Acre is here. We just were talking about Black a second ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> two <Kingsman's> stream. <laughs> Are the Caleb's here? Caleb's here. Hey Caleb, yeah. Harfoot is here. Looking forward to this. Thanks for coming by. And Jay is here. What the heck? I didn't get my invitation to be on. Let me know, Jay. If you want to hop on,
1: I I invited myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, you just come on in. Just, just go yeah. and make yourself at home. Yeah, <laughs> book blathers here. How's Olive doing? And that uh, I'm going to. Uh, I want to ask uh, book blather about his. The I just saw the preview of the picture he sent you for the collaboration video with the <laughs> yeah. with Olive on the side.
1: Yeah, yeah, great. yeah. That was, the that best. was
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was a great one. Hey, Jason Cross. Jason's a new uh, newer booktuber so go check out his channel.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Oh no! We, we were talking about uh, mountain biking. So. We were talking oh,
1: shit. We were yeah. <laughs> we were going in on you. We were <laughs> defaming you, slander.
0: It was terrible, <laughs> terrible things. Unspeakable
1: things. Wait, can I cuss on here? I'm sorry. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, no. All right. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Uh, e- e- okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my motto. Morning star, how's it going? Thanks for coming by.
1: Hello, Toby, King hey, Toby. How's
0: it going? Uh, I have my wife, Brandy's in the other room watching. In the other <laughs> room. <laughs> in the <heartbeat>. That's
1: cool. <laughs> Wait, yeah. so can she actually hear this like live? Like, Can she hear you talking?
0: No, I think she's. Um, or the waltz thing. The, uh, she, well, if you're in the net, what I noticed is because she does those 24 hour read along sometimes with Stacy and Ashley, and sometimes I don't do them, the late night ones. Mm-hmm. so i'll be in, i'll be in the next room over and i can hear her sometimes like i can hear them talking so that, man i you start getting you know like oh shit can they hear me talk when i'm doing like my thing and so, <laughs> but no she's in a she's a couple rooms over so we're okay
1: oh all right
0: <laughs> i start getting insecure like oh man people can hear a little dumb shit i say but no it's <laughs> just...
1: you know I, you've seen the kind of like <laughs> skits and shit that i record I'm just like, I'm so happy there's no windows. I'm so happy the walls are pretty thick because, like, my neighbors would fucking hate me. Yeah. Just <laughs> if only they could see, but
0: yeah. And Saf is here, uh, new background king.
1: Oh, that yeah, is a new background. Yeah. Spooky, yeah. just for me. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> Yeah, so uh so I wanted to ask you it's it's very pressing and uh have to have an answer is Pam the pumpkin you did a skit <laughs> with Pam the pumpkin and yeah. how long did it really take to get all the seeds out of your hair?
1: Oh, 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 you mean the 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 pumpkin for the head skit. thing? Yeah. Um so I, I as soon as I got back from the desert <laughs> running around took a couple of, we were there for like an hour. Um, and then, what, what you don't see in that video is the flies. There were fl- like, I don't know, it's just the middle of the desert. There's nothing. And then, just flies were flocking all over inside the pumpkin. So, I had to put it on with flies crawling around inside. It was horrific. Um, and then, when we got back, I went home. I took a shower. And then, as I was drying my hair, I could still pull out like strands pumpkin stuff. And then after that, um I was like, well, I guess I have to wash my hair again. And so I washed it and and I could still like cuz cuz it's like the 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 pulp it's, or whatever like gets ground yeah, it gets ground oh. down into like dust. And so there's like pumpkin shit all over my hair like for <laughs> it was like a good 3 days, but I think I'm good now. <laughs> oh man. You know, we have to suffer. For our art,
0: <laughs> yeah, you, it's, it was worth it. It was a great skate. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was a, uh, it
1: was uh, it was worth it for sure.
0: <laughs> it was worth it. However long it took you is worth
1: it. For sure, yeah.
0: And Seth says, "I'm going to a Christmas parade, but I wanted to come say hi to my favorite people. I knew everyone would be here.
1: oh thanks, thanks for coming
0: by, Seth. We appreciate you.
1: We love Seth.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're great.
1: For sure. Yeah. I, I was, I was so happy to see like. Like they actually joined you in like a couple of streams and stuff. I was
0: like, "That's cool." Yeah, community. Seth is awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's always great hanging out with stuff Pumpkin leave it, <laughs> leave in conditioner. Yeah, yeah.
1: My my hair was silky smooth after that, so it was worth it.
0: <laughs> so when when you were when you were taking that shower, was all the orange? Was all the the water that was going down the drain orange? It? <laughs> no, it On was pumpkin? just
1: like it was just like pumpkin string. No. Like swirling around, going down the drain, and I was like, "Shit, I probably <laughs> not a good idea." But <laughs> um...
0: uh was your hair extra moisturized afterwards? Good question. <laughs> no. Is pumpkin a good moisturizer?
1: <laughs> it was just it just felt dusty and gross, but <laughs> you live and you learn.
0: Yeah, <laughs> pumpkin. was a bit. Yeah, the pumpkin skit was that Was oh. was awesome. See,
1: it was worth it for sure it was was really good (laughs) it'll live on youtube
0: forever it was worth it three days of (laughs) of, uh hair washing but it lives forever on youtube
1: yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah i have
0: the fancy pay version no watermark so professional yeah i do pay the 10 bucks or whatever it is
1: oh well can i ask you like is it has that been worth it because i i have i use like the free i mean i don't get fancy with my live streams or anything but like What, like, what are the difference or like, what, what do you get Um, for your money or?
0: Really the only thing that, that, that I, well, there's two main things is the first thing is you can put a, a background. Little skull dude. Yeah. uh, Then the little icon that I I mean, keeping it to change is still there. And then uh, you can do up to 10 people on stream. So sometimes when it's a big event or like a lot of people want to come, there's room for more. I don't think I've ever gotten that many people on it once, but it's. You've tried. Yeah, it's. I've tried, but you know, only so many people can stand me for more than a few seconds. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Out.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Sounds like I'm good then. But.
0: Yeah, I, I think the one of the biggest reasons I, I like the background is for whenever I'm talking to an author, I can put their work in the background. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. It's so that that way the viewer can see the um the book or in. The, that they can recognize the cover and they can see the the names and things like that. So, mm-hmm. that's some reason reason why I shell out the ten bucks or whatever it is.
1: So selfless of you, so yeah. so giving. So
0: I have to have some kind of benefit to for people to come and talk to me. I, mean, <laughs> I have to I just beat the pot a little bit. Uh, talking to you is
1: honor enough.
0: Steve. Oh yeah. you're you're too <laughs> kind, man. You're too kind. <laughs> Play yeah. by Vision brand shampoo and Sephora though.
1: Where's uh, I'm ready. They if yeah. they reach out to me, I'll do it.
0: <laughs> plot, plot twist. You start turning, turning into a pumpkin.
1: It, well, that was the whole lore thing. I don't even remember. It was. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, it um, was a good time.
0: The chaos. I time yeah, concluded. I couldn't
1: even imagine. I, I had, the most I've had is like two other people and and i was like holy i can't i can't it was like yeah. overwhelming so i don't know how you do it you have like my utmost respect like it's live streams like i don't know i'm not the best at them <laughs> but i
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah it's uh i think the the main reason that i like these these kind of like the one on one stuff is because it's much easier to manage um but when there are more than one, you have to, it's it's a lot of brain power. I, don't, I I didn't realize how much it took before I did it. But to include have everyone to include everyone and make sure that you know everyone has time to talk and things like that. It, it's it can be um, take a lot of, and I don't. My brain is struggling as it is, so you know it, it's it's tough. Uh, Wife well, got yeah, going to be MIA.
1: Th- thanks, Dave.
0: <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, Jay says I don't have ten people I like or like me to have on. Oh, okay. right. well, there's That's a couple okay. people on screen now. I mean, you know, Brad, <laughs> yeah, there's a few people. Uh, have any winter horror TBR? Well, do you have anything on your winter horror TBR? I don't. I don't even do TBRs.
1: <laughs> I am not near. Well, um, there was one that I. I, I even for, see, I'm a mess. Like, yeah, y'all yeah, don't believe me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just kind of winging this whole thing. Um, uh, Like, TBRs, all that stuff is like new lingo to me. Like, from when I joined um, fucking, what is it called? BookTube. <laughs> I forgot what BookTube is called. <laughs> uh, and, like, I, TBRs. I'm kind of like I think you mentioned like it's a mood reader, is that what it's called? Like you just kind yeah, of,
0: just kind of do whatever you want.
1: Yeah, so I don't really plan ahead. But there was um Nos- Nosferatu by mm-hmm. Joe Hill, I think, was like this winter themed horror book. Um, but I didn't even get a copy, and I'm in, like a book buying band, so it's like that's oh. not that's not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, but uh yeah sorry <laughs> what I about thought, you what do you yeah. have
0: oh i have all kinds of stuff i have to read um i thought nasperatu was good though i read it in july i didn't know it was a christmas themed book so i read it in the oh. summertime in the, <laughs> christmas in, the, in july you know, yeah christmas in july so
1: <laughs> it works
0: <laughs> it was fun
1: yeah
0: and uh jay you know we're not talking about content warnings or uh anything like that I mean, no.
1: No 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 no, no no let's, let's, not, let's not open that door. Uh,
0: I'm, cr- I'm currently reading the terror, but it's almost one thousand pages.
1: Oh yeah, look, I I I plan to read um a few mammoths um in the future, like bigger books. I haven't I haven't read longer books in a while, so um yeah, that was my <laughs> Exciting input on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, I have the terror writing, writing back, and we kept we keep meaning to uh, to read it, and then we keep putting it off. So it's it's on my shelf. Is that brain.
1: Dan Simmons? Is that yeah, 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 yeah. I, I read um carrying comfort by him. Uh, I actually, just sent off my copy of that to a viewer because mm. I was like, I'm never reading this again. It was like eight hundred pages. Wow, I was like, I, I'm good with having read it. Like, I'm never gonna pick it up again. So,
0: Jason, <laughs> uh, I've had TBRS. I've never stuck with them. Haven't still haven't gotten to some of the books from last year. Yeah, and that's really
1: the the essence of it. Like, I I don't do TBRS because my failures are like my own, uh, and like I don't want people like watching my tbr video and then being like dude you didn't read a single fucking thing you were gonna read like (laughs) i keep that shit to myself and then i don't get judged
0: (laughs) yeah because i probably yeah (laughs) yeah and uh no worries tbrs are vague plans that constantly change for me yeah that's kind of what the other they're kind of like a like a general like this is what i would like to happen but you know nine times out of ten doesn't happen but it's Mm -hmm. kind of fun to to try and plan ahead, at least. Something to look forward to. Uh, I heard there may be some winter horse short stories and hunger for death. Just a couple. Yeah, there are a couple of Christmas-themed short stories and hunger for death.
1: Oh, oh by uh, Joshua mm-hmm. Marcella.
0: Yeah. They take a, they take a dark turn, obviously, but, you know. <laughs> Hey Shelf Center, uh, I keep doing that with the Terra as well. No clue why. I hear good things. Maybe next October will be reason enough. Also, hi. Hey Don Bryce, good to see you. Thanks for coming by and saying hello. Hello, Crystal's here. Uh, I used to do TBR videos. Then the next month, do a wrap up, and not one book would be on it. Would be on the from the TBR. People no. call me out on it.
1: <laughs> That's how it would play out for me because yeah. I, uh, I I did this thing like earlier in my channel where I would do themed month, themed readings for each month. Like, I'd be like, uh, June is like killer killer kid novels or like killer animal novels. Um, and that was horrible. I Like having to stick with like a plan and having to be like, oh wait, I can't read this cause I, I'm doing this theme. And I'm just like, man, I, I don't <laughs> like, I, that doesn't, that's not how my brain works. It's it's hard to um keep up. I don't know how it's like these professional ass fucking booktubers who like have it all down. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. I'm just yeah. I'm tough. but a clown. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh Black Acre says I might do a wrap up video where I just wrap up the probably two books I read, Insert and Wrap or some bullshit. A yeah. wrap it.
1: up you just do a one of those like um what is it called like they're like a burrito a wrap right is that a
0: food yeah i think so (laughs) it's basically just like a bastardized burrito like it's just called a burrito yeah yeah.
1: Yeah. with like healthy shit in it yeah it's like a salad burrito
0: it's like a salad and a burrito a wrap yeah Yeah.
1: Yeah. and it's cold
0: (laughs) yeah it's just weird
1: yeah it's gross
0: yeah so so i did yeah so i did want to ask you what your thoughts are there's been there's been some um some talk lately about star ratings and whether mm-hmm. or not you, we should use star ratings when you review a book or, you know, what the benefit, or is it a, is it an outdated system? What are your thoughts on that? Or do you, uh, do you just, you have any opinions on it?
1: There's been a talk about that.
0: Yeah. It seems like, uh, I think mother horror has been talking about it. And there's been a few other, uh, people in the community. that have been just been saying, why do we need star ratings? Let's just say what you think about a book and, give your thoughts on it, and you don't... It's no need to use a a number to rate it. You just kind of... Oh. Give your thoughts on it.
1: I didn't even know it was, like, a... Like, a controversy. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah there's been a couple people. <laughs>
1: um. Well, I don't... I don't know. I feel like, for here, for BookTube, or, like, at least these corners of BookTube, where it's, like, us, like, smaller channels, like, we we kind of use star ratings as kind of um, to to define almost like the personality or like the, the taste that our channel brings, something like that. So I think it's kind of useful for that. Mm. Um, we can kind of get a feel of, of what uh, a BookTuber's uh, tastes and approaches to literature are based on their star ratings. And I feel like uh, that comes across much more prominently than um you know just saying i like the being kind of more vague or, or general about it um so i kind of I, I enjoy star ratings i feel like they're um you know they they help me kind of see where another reader is at um mm-hmm. or you know they they get to define their own rubrics you know like i've seen i've seen booktubers or like reviewers on on goodreads say like I, I never do anything lower than three stars because I only read stuff that I know I'm going to like, you know, or, um, so I don't think, I mean, I, I would have to look into like, what, what are the arguments for like not having them look mm. more into that? I I don't know. I I've never, I've never had a problem with them, but I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what this discourse uh, <laughs> so I've <laughs> never, I've never looked into it.
0: Um, yeah, i just think the argument against them, or what some people would say is that it, there's there's little nuance with a star rating that it's just this this system where we pigeonhole our reviews into and it, it's we can expound on them and kind of give different thoughts and you may really love some parts of the book or really made other parts of the book but you overall um you know you can kind of elaborate a little bit more than just a, a one through five rating and i think the one the one through five system is uh, i'd I think one through ten is a little bit better, but
1: yeah, no, I think uh like I said, I feel like a lot of like booktube creators kind of bring their own sort of personality and uniqueness and, and nuance in star ratings. Like like if they explain their rubric beforehand or like if you already know uh what kind of reading they do. I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't see anything inherently wrong with them. Um it, I I always I always feel like it's fun seeing booktubers rate their books with stars or or with random shit like three steaks out of 5 or whatever like yeah. three three baby diapers out of 6, I don't know.
0: It's fun. <laughs> I only do uh I only do star rating reviews for like goodreads reviews. That's you almost have to use those to to, um, you know, if you can use sites like that. And it really helps with the authors too if you give a book reviews, even whether it's good or bad.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I feel like well, there was this the one book that always comes to my mind is Things Have Gotten Worse Since We Last Spoke because mm-hmm. that's like one of the books that I've rated the lowest like on my channel. Um, but like it helped i'm i i am 100% sure my review helped sell like a couple of copies of that cuz people were like what's so bad about it like it it raises intrigue i feel like even bad like low star ratings mm-hmm. can raise intrigue or, or you know especially with horror i feel like because um, uh, so many horror readers are looking for something that pushes boundaries are looking for something more extreme or, or, or violently compelling or something like that. Uh, I feel like if you go to the lower star ratings, th- oftentimes they're like, I didn't like this cause it was too violent and, and that's fine, you know, based on reader subjectivity, but then a person's one star rating could be a person's five star rating, you know, like <laughs> it's like, well, I'm into that. So let me check that out. So, I don't feel like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't feel like they're bad. I don't know. That might just
0: be (laughs) me. Because I've I've read bad reviews before that say, you know, I hated all the characters. I couldn't like any of the characters. And like, I like those kind of books. So I'm going to try it out. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Like it's all subjective. I think everybody goes into reviews knowing that, um, well, not everybody, but the, you know, smart people, (laughs) uh, so yeah i don't
0: know She says <laughs> people complain that a three or four star is too low a small percentage of people but not enough to notice screw them
1: but, but enough to know yeah. um but to, but enough to know sorry that's i mean honestly that this might just be me i don't know like i because i know i know for a fact i think like the the comment no wait um is it this? Yeah. I remember there was one author complaining about a four star review of well, well, well back. I remember that. And, and and she got like eviscerated on Twitter and Goodreads. And people were like giving her book like one star on purpose and because as a retaliation, because it's this really sort of a bratty take, you know, of like, uh, why are you rating my book four stars? Why not just rate it five star? Like, but to me, like, I think I've said this a couple of times before. Like I come, I think I come from a different kind of reading background than a lot of people that are more like into the community and like the latest things. It's cause I mostly read stuff by people, written by people who are dead, <laughs> you know, like older works or like um, written by people who would never in a million years log on to YouTube to watch like book reviews cause they're like super famous or whatever. Um, so it's like I, I'm more used to uh, the the author like never intruding into readers or reviewer spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so to me, like uh, an author's sort of take on reviews and stuff like that has always sort of been secondary or like I just completely unacknowledged. like it doesn't really affect me in any way. Um, mm-hmm. but I understand like it's 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 very different. Um, here on BookTube, like, I remember I reviewed uh, Scanlines by Todd Kiesling uh, and uh, I posted my, my review on on Instagram, or like promoted it, you know, like, I reviewed Scanlines with Todd Kiesling and then he, he commented on my post and he was like, oh man thank you so much and I was like, what the fuck, like an author, like, for me like this sort of, like, otherworldly entity that has never, like, physically existed in my vicinity is like talking to me and that was like really jarring. And, and it was, it was cool, you know, like to, to get like contacted by the author himself, but uh, it's just like, I've never been, I've never been sort of um, in tune with authors that way. So, so for me, it's sort of easier to just rate things Without worrying about, um, you know, are they gonna be upset or like, is this rating fair or am I being considerate of this and that? It's just like I just go with my feel. I just go with what I got. Uh, it, always saying upfront, you know, it's this extremely subjective as all book reviews are. Um, and then you know, not really worry about much else. Like
0: that's what it should be, though, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, and like I was saying, you know, it's kind of different. I understand like like with something like what you do, you know, you you're constantly in contact with authors, uh which is awesome and and, and it's kind of like this really uh beautiful space for like community building, but but uh I I don't know that I could do that because <laughs> I I'm more used to just being, you know, solely a reader and and uh not really uh crossing the wires too much with with the other side of the book which is the people writing it but yeah
0: i don't know and uh he says it's done surprisingly surprisingly well sales wise for an indie novella and that was uh, things have changed or things Thing, have
1: yeah Pe-
0: i forget the name things, of it now things are shitty things have, <laughs> things have changed since we last <laughs> spoke i forget the name of it i'm sorry uh but yeah i know which one uh, things are
1: so not cool since we
0: yeah. stopped that <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, no yeah that no uh, and, and i'm that's why i kind of like like not even really felt bad about that review because when i read it when i reviewed it it was already kind of blowing up and i was like i'm not gonna, i'm not hurting anybody i'm not beating someone while they're down you know it's like <laughs> they'll be all right if i say that i hated it um, yeah
0: what what i do like about that book is that everyone has a different opinion on it and it's either one of those love or hate but it's always fun to hear everyone's thoughts, whether they loved it or hate it. Just the the reaction is fun. Whether you know the they're they're funny either way for that book. It's interesting. Yeah.
1: For for me, like the most fun was like outside of the book. For me, the most fun of it was that it became like this event almost in our community. You know, <laughs> like everybody was reading it and reviewing it. Like it felt like something that people were a part of, and I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, mm,
0: yeah, you have to read it. Hey, Kayla, how's it going? Hope you're having a good week. Good hello. Friday. So far, the show is a three and a half to a four.
1: <laughs> I'll Jay. take we're, that.
0: <laughs> we're, we're not all paper cuts. You got to give me a break. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hey, Trish. Trish, hi. Hello.
0: Thanks for coming by. Em-
1: Emily, hello. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um. Good to see you. <clears throat>
0: Oh, the Sorry. ghost of Jane Austen is judging your channel one.
1: <laughs> you know, we've 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 left that behind. That we're past that now.
0: <laughs> Man, <laughs> it, t- it took me a little while to, <clears throat> to realize you were just—it was just like a joke. <laughs> it was like, it
1: was <laughs> what do you mean?
0: <laughs> the was it Jane Austen? What book was it that you did a like a? Uh,
1: oh, uh, Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. That's what it was. <laughs>
0: My uh, wife and yeah. I were watching it. Like wait a minute now, he's gonna get into the book, and it was like five minutes in. Yeah, I think this is a show. <laughs> it was a good time, though. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was fun. It was fun doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, things have gotten worse since we last spoke. Sorry. Thank you. That's I, I keep forgetting the name of that book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you you recently wrapped up the collaboration you did with a bunch of booktubers. <laughs> what was that? Uh, what was that experience like?
1: Uh well you you're in it um what was your experience like and then i'll give you my answer
0: <laughs> i i i had imposter syndrome big time because i thought there's <laughs> i have no business being with these other people because it's like it's kind of like on. you walked like you went to the party and you weren't invited kind of thing and like hey what's going on like you know like, who's this guy <laughs> but but it was, it was it was awesome i was glad to be a part of it and i think the biggest thing was we had to keep it under three was it three minutes yeah so that was uh i i recorded it and then i edited it and it was like six minutes long i was like okay i have to redo this it's too long. but yeah. it, it was it was cool it was really cool i was really happy that uh to have the chance to be involved and that was really great so
1: cool no yeah i mean i i invited everybody as you saw <laughs> yeah. uh, and well you know my my thought process was you know it's a it's a collab uh about disturbing, fucked up, like, upsetting books. Like, not everybody's gonna be down with it. That was my thought process, right? Like, I... So I was like, let me invite, like, 30 people, because I was anticipating, like, rejections, because, you know, it was around the holiday. Maybe people wouldn't have time. Uh, The subject matter is not to everybody's taste, which I get. So I was like, you know, let's be safe. Let's have, like, a margin for... (laughs) And then, like, almost everybody said yes. And I was like, Oh shit. Um, but I thought that, that was awesome. Like the more, the merrier, you know, um, the, uh, the, 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 call that I'm editing it together. And I mean, it's good to go basically. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> it's gotta be pretty long, but I think um, my viewers are used to that of my channel. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, my videos are like at least an hour long all the time. But, um, no, it, it was it was awesome. Like I think my biggest fear was definitely like everybody's gonna say no, like nobody's gonna wanna fucking do this. Uh but so I was so happy that so many people were down and um so happy that I get to like offer the stage to so many wonderful people and um I'd been wanting to do a collab for a while, but I just didn't know what to do. Uh I was I was sort of um Planning on like doing one for October for like Halloween, but um, then I uh, I got invited to like two collabs. One was on uh, JordaLine's channel, and then the other one was on Harpies in the Trees. So I kind of like got caught up on those, and then I was like, well, they're putting out collabs, so I feel like you know I don't want to put more put more pressure on like the people working on them uh, you know like here's my collab now I'll do a video for mine uh, <laughs> so so then for december you know i was like let's do like something like christmas theme right so so i was kind of like brainstorming like what can i do for like a christmas theme collab like maybe santa claus being murdered something like that like something <laughs> uh but then i was just like uh, you know like this just Keep it simple, you know, and um, let's sort of keep it in tune with like what my channel is primarily about, and and I'm happy to see that so many people are interested in this topic, right? Because uh, you kind of feel a little weird sometimes <laughs> yeah. talking about like you know disturbing books so much, um, but I feel like it fascinates everybody. Uh, people were like excited to partake in it and talk about like disturbing books. So I was like, "That's cool." I feel like i i gave uh, I gave some people like the stage to like air out some demons, and <laughs> it's it's gonna be tons of fun. It's like um, twenty people in it. <laughs>
0: wow! Really, twenty people? Yeah, yeah. Wow!
1: <laughs> it's fine.
0: <laughs> so it's gonna be like an hour and a half long. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be
1: a... an hour and a half of fun, Steve.
0: Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm 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 really excited to watch it. Not only
1: it's literally a L- feature this, length yeah. film.
0: It'll it'll be good just to watch. It'll be fun to watch it to see if everyone else's.
1: Is... Yeah, and you know, you like you can watch it in parts, like you don't have to sit there for an hour and a half, but um or you can just watch your favorite people and ignore the rest. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I'll watch them all. <laughs> you know what i like about these about these collabs is that you you get introduced to all these new people that you didn't you, you didn't know were out there so that's that's what's fun about it too is you uh chance to make new friends so it's good. yeah
1: bring everybody together because because i'm like i feel like um like looking at the roster i was like i feel like all these people would vibe mm-hmm. with each other you know and like maybe it just takes a little push um to make those connections that last a lifetime.
0: See you're, you're community building, Juan. See you're, you. said you you you're by yourself on an island, but you're really building community. I, you know, I never,
1: I never realized it, but that's that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like uh, I, I don't know. It, it was kind of it's been kind of a weird like booktube trajectory for me because when I started. I I made my first video, like, um, July of last year. And then I didn't make anything else after that until, like, November. Uh, But then, like, when I started getting more consistent with video making around the beginning of this year, um, I wasn't really, like, aware that there was a community. Um, Like, I didn't really talk to other channels. Um, So it was kind of like... this very lonesome experience, uh, but then, you know, I, I, I thought, well, you know, like let me reach out to people and talk to them and see like, you know, if what they're about um, and, and everybody's really friendly and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like, it only took that initial push, uh, but I feel like that's what drives me to always sort of be on the lookout for like new channels. Um, like I'm always searching for like new channels that talk about horror because mm-hmm. I feel like it, it's still kind of like a dreadfully underrepresented like corner of BookTube. Um, so I'm like, uh, I always have in mind, you know, like it was it was a really nice feeling uh, getting in contact with like other BookTubers when I was starting out or like when my channel was starting to get rolling. So I feel like I, I always want to, like, extend that favor to other people and, and sort of see, you know, like, uh, you know, we see you, you're doing great, and let's be friends. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I feel politics. like, yeah, I feel like sometimes I worry, like, am I coming across as, like, fake? <laughs> I feel like, you know, like, people are going to be like, who's this weirdo who's just, like, randomly talking to me? But um yeah, no, I feel like it's a it's a wonderful community that's sort of organically built and mm-hmm. and so this collab is like my my way of
0: appreciating everybody. Yeah, that's really great. Oh thanks Mr. star. Yeah, I'm not I sure agree. about that, but but thank you. I'm I'm trying no. to get better about, about compliments. I'm not good at them, but thank you. I, I really appreciate it.
1: Accepting a compliment is the hardest thing yes. in the world. <laughs>
0: yes it is. <laughs> So I feel you. Yeah, uh, Kayla says I feel like i I feel like people are judging my character when I talk about loving a gruesome story or scene.
1: Kayla, you're right at home.
0: Yeah, come on, Welcome. come on in.
1: Make yourself at home.
0: <laughs> hey, Brad. Look,
1: it's Brad. That the Brad. The From Brad paper Proctor. Cuts?
0: The Brad Proctor. Yeah.
1: Holy shit.
0: <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs>
1: I'm like nervous now. <laughs>
0: A there we go thing. yeah so you're, you're making me thank you again <laughs> for another compliment you're just torturing me now <laughs> but, uh, but uh no something that i've i've asked when i've talked to horror authors or people in the community i've always asked them uh, people in the horror community the, the ones that i i mean by far a majority of them are really friendly and inviting and just welcoming and supportive it it always strikes me how how supportive and friendly people in the horror community are. So what, what is that? It's you have any idea why that is
1: for me? It's like a conscious effort of trying to show people that I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> Cause I'm always like self-conscious that people are watching my videos and they think like I have like people in my closet or something. So I feel like, I feel like to a certain extent, every horror author, or horror fan, is doing a conscious effort of being nice to show, like, to kind of compensate for the fact that they delve into like some fucked up stuff. Well, at least that's my case. But but I feel like also, if you want, <laughs> if you want to get more like psychoanalytical about it, um, I feel like most of us sort of leave a lot of negativity on the page, you know, whether it's writing or through reading stuff, like we kind of air out a lot Mm -hmm. of demons, we kind of um, uh, through catharsis unload a lot of uh, complexes, a lot of fears, a lot of uh, you know, the the terror that strikes the human soul and then that kind of reading horror I think is vastly like therapeutic. I I do Mm -hmm. think that reading horror really does help you sort of um, come to terms with humanity a little more. Uh, And so I feel like uh, horror authors specifically might be a little more in tune with, you know, what it is to sort of relate to fellow humankind and, and and be more in touch with emotion, that kind of stuff. Um, Because I feel like horror, a lot of the time, expresses sort of like the realer sides of humanity I feel like th- that's where that kind of expression gets noticed the most that's just my subjective opinion but but I feel like it's a combination of those things like uh, constantly uh, unloading your demons through reading and writing horror and also you know making a conscious effort to let people know you're not a psycho. <laughs>
0: And then not the, the close, but don't look in the basement. Yeah. Oh yeah. well, hi, Mindy. Hey, Mindy. Hello. And this is the fake Brad. the real Brad has been hacked. Oh <laughs> Yeah, hope she uh, Mindy agrees, agree 100%, horror equals therapeutic.
1: Yeah. And I feel like a lot of um, you know, something that I've been sort of learning more and more is that uh the the horror fandom there is there is a significant chunk of it that is women who love horror and and through conversations that I've had with women who love horror I've learned that you know the, uh, horror the horror genre is like this safe sort of safety cushioning where they can you know confront a lot of like day-to-day, fears and, and, and potential threats you know like that's where that stuff gets confronted and, and problematized and ultimately resolved um so i can definitely see it's it's therapeutic as hell
0: and there's so many great women in horror right now with you know writing horror i mean yeah so many They're killing it for sure uh, yeah, keeping people in the closet. Our house makes weird noises, and we tell our kids we keep people in the attic. That's what's wrong with us? <laughs> yeah, we have whenever the house settles. Or something, <laughs> I just noticed that? that's brandy.
1: Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Y'all, are so, cool. that's just that's just the guy in the attic. <laughs> Don't worry about it.
0: <laughs> but that's your brother in the attic. You know, looks like <laughs> my
1: my mom. Uh, my mom was grew up in in Guanajuato, Mexico, mm-hmm. um, in kind of like this rural area, and. And there were a lot of, like, nearby ranches, like farms and stuff. And and when she was a little girl, she heard this story of, like, how a pig, like this massive, like, pig, like the size of a grown man, like, broke into the, the ranch house and, and uh, ate uh, a baby that was, like, in its cradle And uh, my mom used to tell us this story as, like, a bedtime story. And I think think that explains a lot of
0: things.
1: (laughs) So I'm just saying you're not alone in traumatizing your kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Interest is a horror health (laughs) can deal with day-to-day life. Life is is tough. Life can be tough, and it's... It, it yeah. is therapeutic, and no matter how bad horror is, like these fictional stories, real life is worse. I, I, think I history I,
1: yeah, I can't read true crime stuff i that's just that's like my limit, I guess because um yeah, so knowing things are real hmm. is a new level of yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah no but I, I agree trish I, that it helps me too. Uh, Mr. Morningstar says, Harvard did a study that violent video games usually make kids less violent because it's a harmless outlet for stress and catharsis, horror seems the same. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think that's, you know, like I said, we leave a lot of demons on the page. I think for for children especially, I feel like... I did a whole video on this um, Mm -hmm. called uh, Why Do Children Love Horror?, and it's kind of looking at it from a psychoanalytic side, but also like a sort of like the 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 theories around nurturing and stuff. Like I feel like um, you know a lot of a lot of the time kids have fears or, or they believe in, in in monsters or threats that you know are often dismissed by adults or not taken seriously or there's no there's no space for dialogue. You know, it's like. You know, kids being kids, being silly, um, but but horror is like the one sort of space uh, that believes kids. You know, like sort of acknowledges hmm. their their fears and and their worries, and sort of you know through the progression of a story, kind of guides them through it and eventually resolves it for them. And and I definitely feel like for me, that was a big that was a big deal you know growing up being a horror fan it was kind of you know the space where it, like that it's kind of a trite saying now but but i do think it's, it 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 is real like you know it's it's something that disturbs the comfortable and comforts the disturbed you know like for for people who might be like a little too comfortable you know maybe showing hey there there's there's worries there's there's fears there's threats that maybe need more acknowledgement but for people who are going through a dark time. It's kind of saying, you know, you're not alone. Uh, other people have felt these fears. Other people have faced these monsters. Hmm. Um, and it's a space for dialogue of that kind.
0: So go check out that video if you haven't already. It's a really great video that one did. Uh, More Than Average Joe says in the mid to late 70s and throughout the 80s, horror was everywhere. Unfortunately, that bubble popped. Horror went away, but it's making a it comeback.
1: Yeah, no, I I think um, there were definitely a lot of like complications for horror in in, in publishing, like during like the earlier two thousands. Where um, what are you drinking?
0: A little bit of, Friday whiskey.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. I wish you would have brought something. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, like in the early two thousands, like these really major presses that focused on horror like went out of business and the authors sort of got scattered everywhere but i do feel like right now um through small presses or like through indie publishing uh i do feel like horror is sort of reorganizing into something quite momentous and wonderful so so it's an exciting time to be a fan of horror
0: (laughs) yeah and it you know it's i was gonna ask you about this too is and more than average Joe brought it up is, is how, how horror has changed through the years, because in the eighties, we had a lot of slashers and mm-hmm. um, like the the person stalking the victims or, you know, Jason and Freddie and that kind of thing. And it's changed through the years. So uh, how it changes with, with culture, with the times, the mm-hmm. type of horror that people enjoy.
1: Yeah. Did you want me to like, well, if you have any talk- thoughts on it, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on that. Yeah. Probably more than you're ready. <laughs> well, I, was giving, I was giving that. So. <laughs> well, uh, I I definitely subscribe to that notion of like you know you can really get to know a generation through the kind of horror that they partook in in fiction. I do think like a lot of the time horror, like I said, is that outlet for a lot of the worry and anxiety within a cultural era. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I feel like horror, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a conscious effort, you know, like it, it doesn't have to be like, well, it's 2021, like I better write a horror novel about COVID, you know, like it doesn't have to be that on the nose. But I feel like um, do a little more, like it's, it's more subtle, it's more sort of um, uh, understated, but I do think that all horror reflects a certain side of of an era's uh, sort of contemporaneous anxieties and fears. Mm. Um, And I feel like um, it's definitely uh, an interesting sort of approach to look at it historically. Um, And and I feel like that's what keeps horror so fresh, you know, because it always sort of hits at something. Well, not all the time. Some some horror is pretty, pretty bad. Uh, but but I feel like that the the ones that you can sort of feel, you know, that you feel them more. I feel much more intensely than than films of other genres because they speak to this sort of darker side of humanity that that
0: uh,
1: not many other uh, artists speak to. So yeah. so, so I definitely s- subscribe to the belief that horror is like the best reflection of a society sometimes. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stop there, but
0: no, continue.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. I think I kind of lost thread of Okay. the question. <laughs> what <was> the question?
0: <laughs> Just about, uh, horror through the years, how it changes with the culture and with the times. and Yeah. Um, even economic status or recessions or, um, yeah, uh, whether it's a, a, an economic boom like in the '90s, or whether it's a recession like in the you know mid 2000s kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, I ro- I wrote my college thesis on that. I hmm. I um I wrote about the, the the housing crisis of the of the 2000s and the the Great Recession and how it's sort of like thematically reflected through um, haunted house movies or like possession movies that were becoming like all the rage at the time like Paranormal Activity, Insidious um, there was a suddenly like this huge uh, anxiety and fear around the house and like home invasion um, and I felt like unconsciously kind of reflected all this anxiety that people had about losing their homes and losing their sort of sacred spaces so so you know it can be, it can be a little on the nose like that, but um, it's certainly fun to look at horror that way, and also very interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like that's kind of like the biggest endeavor that I always undertake on my channel, uh, because I I read really like trashy stuff. You know, I read like like literary garbage, like for sure. <laughs> Um, and I feel like it so often gets dismissed, you know, like I always get like confused looks and like, why do you read that? Like that's, you know, that's doo-doo. Why, why do you want to read that kind of stuff? And, and, you know, well, I always make a conscious effort of like showing, look, you can excavate meaning in anything. You can take anything and, and, and come out with a bigger message out of anything so long as, you know, you're 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 tuning into the right channels, and um, I feel like not a lot of people do that, so so I always sort of, I'm always doing an effort to champion these things that so often get dismissed, because, you know, you hear horror, you're like, that's just trashy, that's just, uh, you know, what are, like, base entertainment with no higher value, but it's like, no, that's, you couldn't be furthest from the truth, you know?
0: So when, when you're like, for example, if when you're reading a book, do you take notes or how do you gather your thoughts for how you'll, how you'll discuss it after you're done? Uh, yeah, I
1: usually take note. Like I, when I'm done with my reading for the day, I'll, I'll usually pull out my phone and I'll open my notes app and I'll sort of jot down whatever came to mind as I was reading it. Um, and uh, it's usually a mess, but then uh, outlining a video is like the effort of like having it not be a mess. Um, And I was kind of approach my videos with like a work in thesis. Like this is, this is what I want to say about this book. And this is how I'm going to try to get at that. It's a lot like doing my videos is a lot more akin to like essay writing, which I know it's kind of a, it's kind of a thing that not everybody's into, but that's, that's just always been my approach to reading. That's kind of like what I try to bring most of the time. Um, yeah.
0: Well, I'm I'm always really impressed with your reviews and your hearing your thoughts with what you're reading, what you're absorbing. So you do I think you do a great job with them. Well, thank Broke, you. you. Know, see a compliment.
1: <laughs> see, I I just yeah. said thank you. you. Did you did good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Brad said parents are supposed to traumatize their kids. Yes.
1: I agree, but I think some take it too far.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's limits. Yeah. There's... Uh, Brady says, I'm new to horror. I started reading it more in October, and I am really loving it. I connect with the stories on such a deep level.
1: That's good to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And Brian's here. Oh, hi, Brian. Brian. <laughs> uh, reading and writing horror probably, probably keeps me out of trouble. <laughs>
1: sure. Same here, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Whenever kids are in trouble, they should hand them a, uh, a Brian a, a book that Brian wrote. So here, yeah. kid, give yeah.
1: him Sinister Mix, yeah. <laughs> and Read they'll, this and this they'll never in get in trouble again.
0: <laughs> you should start a uh, show, you know, Scared Straight. You know, Sinister Mix Edition. It's like... oh god, <laughs> I love Sinister Mix. It's a great, it's a great book.
1: It's wonderful.
0: No. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Morningstar says, "Didn't the first perch come out near Occupy Wall Street?" Times makes sense. That yeah, did, right.
1: Yeah. The the perch we had. Um, uh, there, there was another one, um, the Dark Knight Rises, which is about uh, how, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, when when the sort of I, I'm not going to get. <laughs> let's not let's not open that kind of warrant. But but yeah, definitely you can sort of maybe not in the moment of um, while it's happening, it's harder to notice. Right. But looking back, it's always a a fascinating approach to sort of look back and see what the hell was that all about? And I feel like it's always been like that, you know, because something like in the seventies, you know, like the, the sort of escalation of the Vietnam war, there were all sorts of concerns about, uh, you know, uh, the gov- Does the government even have our backs anymore? Like things like Watergate, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and there were all these uh, sort of horror filmmakers who were, who were making the most revolting and unpalatable stuff imaginable. Something like Last House on the Left, where Wes Craven, you know, constantly said in interviews, like I just had this impulse to to make something really ugly and hurtful, and and he said, you know, it's always a process of like you're not conscious of it in the moment, but then you look back and you try to figure out what all that stuff meant and it really sort of it really does click in place. Um and, Oh my god, I just noticed you you're wearing your your winter hoodie. Yeah, winter hoodie
0: uh, that's why I fell asleep earlier. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, yeah. I I lost my <laughs> I feel like this is a mess. I'm sorry, Steve.
0: <laughs> no, uh, just for context, because it probably sounds weird, because we were talking before, I was telling Juan that uh, I was reading and I fell asleep in my chair, and I, it's one of those naps where you fall asleep for a few minutes, but you, when you wake up, you wonder what day it is or what time it is, and you have that moment of panic where you thought, oh, well, what, what day is it? Did I ever sleep? And so then it, it feels like another day, but it doesn't, and you're kind of in this weird in between. So, yeah, that's what we're yeah.
1: Night. One time I woke up and, like, my my phone just said 9. And I was like, is that a.m. or p.m.? What's going on? And then it literally took me, like, a couple of minutes to, like, figure it out. I was like, what is it? I, I was texting friends and shit. I was like, what time is it? What day is it? Um But I figured it out eventually. <laughs> uh, anyway.
0: More than average, Joe says. Any thoughts on where horror is headed? It's a good question.
1: That is a good question. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I'm not reading. I feel like my that kind of labor that I undertake is sort of um, is more like figuring out where horror has been, like what has happened. Like I'm never, I'm never like current on my horror reads, like. And this is something that I always say, like, you know, I don't I don't read or watch contemporary horror that much. Um, just because, you know, as it's coming out, like, I don't know where to start. I don't know, like, what it's going to be like. Whereas, you know, things from the past sort of already have, like, a, a reception and legacy to them. So it's kind of easier to figure out what you'll like that way. Uh, and so I... I have a, a couple of guesses. Like, I, I, I certainly see uh, there's a, a resurgence or sort of like a continuation of like more extreme horror that's becoming a lot more prominent. And, and I think, hmm. you know, that's often a, a retaliation against sort of uh, censorship or, or general sort of like societal discontent, like something that, that you saw like in France, you know earlier in the millennium with like the new French extremity, like something that you saw like in the seventies after Vietnam and Watergate with like these super violent and grisly horror movies. Uh, And I've definitely been noticing it happening now. Uh, I feel like a lot of indie horror authors are more drawn to writing about more violent stuff. Um, And uh, I couldn't, I'm I'm not a professional in any way to like confidently diagnose what that means, um, but I certainly see it happening, and it's it's interesting to see like where that's gonna go. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of indie authors also are working under this like philosophy of almost like trying to outdo each other, <laughs> you know, like like who's gonna take it the next level, and and that's an interesting dynamic. But I don't know. I don't know how far it can go. And I don't know what's gonna be the takeaway message from that, if there is one, but um, you know me, I am always interested to hear like, what's what's the new like thing that's making everybody throw up.
0: Uh. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder, cause you mentioned about indie horror indie horror authors who are pushing the envelope. And I wonder how much of that is because they can yeah. There's not a there's not a publisher telling them you have to tone this down or you have to edit this out or you have to change this. Um so I wonder how much For of sure. that is just letting loose and just doing whatever.
1: Yeah, like telling telling the stories that couldn't be told before. Mm-hmm. Um like I and I do see like in terms of like on where horror is headed, um, you know, there's a lot of buzz about like where publishing in general is headed, you know, because Indie publishing is becoming a lot more one, prominent, but also a lot more successful, and like smaller press publishing. So, uh, and like and like you said, you know that opens up the opportunity for a lot more uh, transgressive and and, uh, and horrific and violent stuff. And, and uh, it's like this this sort of free for all kind of uh, open range of like do whatever you want and. <laughs> someone's going to read it and, and that's kind of exciting, but it's also kind of like um, what's well, fascinating, you know, like it, where is it going to go and to what effect? I don't know.
0: Yeah. And I think part of it is too, is that um, now that studios are like production studios are afraid to take chances on stories, mm-hmm. I think these, these lesser known books and, uh, you know, they're more likely to be optioned or to at least have interest in them because they're afraid, you know, I think a lot of studios are afraid to take chances on, on something that it's not a proven franchise anymore. If it's not a superhero franchise or Star Wars or whatever, I think uh, they're a little nervous to sink too much money into a, a property without knowing they're going to get their money back. So I think it's, it's yeah. there's so many great stories to be told, with uh, you know, the, the indie publishing or the smaller creators.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I... I, people think I'm like a things have gotten worse hater, but I I can, I can genuinely appreciate, you know, like this, this um, momentous occasion of like this weird little indie book, you know, like exploding. And, and I don't know, I don't know if I read correctly, but there's been like talks of like maybe adapting it. Like there's been talks of like sequels for it, like, this really sort of unlikely story taking off in such a in such a you know powerful way it definitely speaks to the fact that um that sort of more convention based story production is being destabilized and and we're definitely seeing a lot of weirder more out there stuff gain more prominence and i think that's exciting i mean i don't know if It's necessarily going to take down disney or anything like that but but it is exciting you know it it is kind of like a breath of fresh air in a
0: way Mm -hmm. and uh, emily says i enjoy your approach i fly by the seat of my pants and mine and my add shows yeah i just kind of like wing it too so that's why i i wing it you know it it takes me a couple hours to do something like a review and then i end up with like a five minute video and then i watch your half an hour well thought out well constructed video and i'm like oh man (laughs)
1: It, 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 in fairness, I I do always think my videos could be a little shorter and I always tell myself, I'm like, okay, this time we're going to keep it brief. Yeah. And then I have like two hours of raw footage and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Well.
0: <laughs>
1: but I'm trying <laughs> just to know I'm trying.
0: Speaking of uh, a raw footage, when you did your uh, unedited video, it was a couple months ago. You could tell, you could just feel that how uh, you just kind of winged it. You just did this unedited. You just uploaded whatever you recorded. It's been a couple months, but it, you could tell, yeah, that yeah, it yeah. Was Like an uncomfortable because you you can you get so used to being able to edit things out. So when you when you're just kind of like going with it, it's oh, it's like I was a so nervous. Experience. Yeah,
1: I was, I was like shaking. I was like, this is not what I was made for. I, I rely. I really, you know, people are always like, "Oh my god, like you're so eloquent, like all this," and I'm like, "No, it's just I edit my stuff and I outline it and I kind of even practice it sometimes beforehand, like what I'm gonna say and stuff, because I rely on that a lot. Like, there's there's people who do things in like one take, and I'm like, how? That that's like impossible. That's like inconceivable to me. Um, But we all work with what we got, you know."
0: Uh, more than average Joe asks: Do you guys think that horror, especially underground or indie titles, helps in terms of free speech?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it, it de- well, it depends on like what you mean by. I mean, in terms of censorship, I I think like like what we were saying, it definitely helps like uh, uh do away with all those censors or like all those editing and some I, I I'll. I'll 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 um I'll be honest. Sometimes that's not always to a benefit. <laughs> I've definitely read like indie titles where I'm like, this could have used an editor, for sure. Um, <laughs> but you know, in, in terms of like literal free speech, as in like you can just throw out whatever you want. Uh, I, yeah, for sure, I can see that. Um, yeah,
0: it's an interesting question because I didn't thought of it until uh, more than ever Joe asked, but. You know, I I could see somewhere down the line that Amazon, who uh, prints a lot of these indie books, can clamp down and say, okay, we're not going to allow X, Y, and Z in our books anymore. If you're an indie indie writer and you have this in your books, then go somewhere else. Then Mm -hmm.
1: what? Yeah, I I feel like um, it's definitely, like, not fully independent in in the sense that you're saying, you know, because they're still relying on a distributor, you know, like something, something fully independent in my mind is something like zines, you know, like uh, people who, who make their own kind of like pamphlets and, and uh, their own little sort of more personalized texts uh, and, and distribute them. Uh, They print it and distribute it on their own. And that's truly like, and and zines have been around for decades, you know, so it's not Mm. something new, but I, I can definitely see, something like that being the next step if if there ever was something like what you just described because i feel like people always find a way to get their fucked up little stories out no matter what so <laughs> i have i have hope
0: <laughs> i mean i guess you could like start a website and just sell the ebooks if you wanted to and avoid printing but i think you mm-hmm. you could probably cut out some of your customers if you did that so if that ever happened down the I don't think that will happen. I hope it doesn't happen, but could.
1: Yeah, no, I mean for for Amazon, I mean it's not really fully like free speech like without getting like too political about anything, but you know, you you can't sell like uh sort of things that are on a political extreme on Amazon, you know. So so it's not fully like free speech in that regard. They do have certain limits. Um and we don't have to get into like the morality and stuff like that but uh it, you know it's definitely like it's definitely regulated to a degree and and like you said they they could push those regulations further but but to me like indie publishing um always finds a way in a sense you know like ba- back in the back in like the 70s and 80s you know like a lot of these more Marginalized communities like the LGBTQ community, like most of the literature that they produced, most of like the that side of human experience uh, came out through um, the pamphlets, you know, like uh, fan-made magazines, like that, the, uh, like these sort of ephemera, like things that sadly a lot of it is lost to time, just because it was never really properly archived or anything like that. So it's more like an in the moment kind of thing, but. You know, people always find a way to get their stories out there and, and um human ingenuity we should not underestimate. That's
0: <laughs> true. Yeah. I, I am waiting for someone to come along and, and, and just start printing ebooks or uh, indie books and just kind of give not necessarily give Amazon a run for their money, but just be another option for people who wanna don't want to use Amazon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is something that I've I've thought about because I, I'm someone who has made like the personal choice to like not buy stuff from Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, but I am also somebody who, who likes to. I never like to say I'm a writer. <laughs> I'm someone who likes to write, because I haven't published anything. But, um, you know, eventually, you know, publication, um, would be a thing that I would want to do, uh, and like you said, like. Amazon seems to be like the most logical and like profitable outlet for that. So it's definitely, there's problems with that with Amazon being like the one place, but um, yeah, who knows? We'll see somebody rises to the occasion.
0: <laughs> I, I hope somebody does somebody with some resources that'll just be, because just it's, it's sad uh, that they have so much of a, con- so much control over uh, yeah indie publishing. Uh, Mr. Morningstar says uh, Blockbuster has such a powerful position in not wanting to rent NC-17 films and even hard R that filmmakers would tone down some scenes knowing Blockbuster's influence on their income
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean for filmmaking it's a whole other kind of worms and again in the filmmaking, it's like The place where you see like the more extreme stuff more out mm-hmm. there stuff um, so it's always i think particularly it's not that indie publishing is like a new thing today but it's more like i feel like more people are finally starting to see like that's where they're going to get the more unfiltered stuff and and the people who are who are into that are like i'm home you know like this is this is what i've been looking for um so i think that's that's kind of cool you know
0: yeah i think even some movies even if they're if they intend to be in theaters uh an r rating can be like a death wish for a lot because they lose so much so mm-hmm. many ticket sales that way to have a, an even an r rating and they often tone it down to, to re- get that in uh pg-13 rating
1: yeah there was a there was a it felt like an eternal era where you would be hard pressed to find an r-rated film like they were always pg-13 and they were always toned down They were always like super generic, like cookie cutter, like Blumhouse shit fits, but we don't have to get into that. But, uh, you know, I feel like um, (laughs) the sort of more indie uh, studios uh, have really started to to take off and made horror something that's like a little more fearsome and a little more edgy Mm -hmm. now. And I think that that's good, you know, to kind of push that boundary, like, I remember, um, you know, when Hereditary came out, it was, like, this big thing. Like, people were shocked in a way that they hadn't been in a while. And and I'm genuinely convinced that it was because we had gotten such a bad rut of, like, just these studio PG-13 horror movies that were all the same. Um, And then A24 sort of brought, like, or, like, resurfaced this edgier sensibility to horror that, you know, Hereditary is not like wholly original. There, there are things about it that are kind of derivative or like borrow from older horror stories. Um, but it felt so fresh, I think, because it was so, it felt so edgy. And, and by virtue of that, it felt very fre- refreshing. You know, it was mm-hmm. like this new thing. So um, I feel like the same certainly happens in publishing a lot of the time. But I've read i some terrible indie books for sure, so <laughs> take that with a grain
0: of salt. <laughs> so, uh, so how do you feel about how do you feel about Blumhouse?
1: You know i I think some of their movies are like delightfully tacky. I, I feel like I really enjoy. I'm a big fan of like the Paranormal Activity movies because of how like because of how awkward and like weird they are and like how how not a horror movie they are. <laughs> I don't know, it's hard to explain. Uh, so I feel I find it kind of endearing but but I love trash. like I love cheesy garbagey stuff. like that's kind of one of my big things. One of my big passions is garbage. Um, so, so I can appreciate it on that level, but I know like when people tell me I I hate these movies, I'm like, yeah, I get that. Um, but I think, you know, Blumhouse kind of, I, I, I see it like historically as like the life support of horror movies. Like they really, they really helped sort of keep horror alive through these trying decades where, you know, it really felt sort of anemic or like it was going down. I mean, horror in the 90s was rough. Like, yeah. you you would be hard-pressed to find good movies, good horror movies from there. There were a couple, uh, but for the most part, they were stinkers. And, and that, I think, was a scary time for horror, no pun intended, because I feel like it, it really felt like it was going under, like, it really felt like horror was just not gonna be a thing anymore, because it was just like like someone said earlier, like the bubble popped, you know, like all those slashers, all those from the 80s and 70s, like, just kind of like, no interest, no passion, very mechanic. Um, But then, you know, when we come into the 2000s with things like uh, you know, torture porn, like Saw, Hostel, uh, these kind of, um, it, it kind of like having a sense sensibility of like horror's last hurrah, where it kind of mm. felt like, you know, well, now let's throw everything at the wall and, and and sort of send it off on a high note, I guess, or or a really low note, depending on who you ask. But but then, you know, when Blumhouse came around, it kind of it did kind of feel like, in terms of production, in terms of like a market, it really did feel very revitalized um, just because they put out so much stuff. And, and a lot of it, some, a lot of it I do think is good. Uh, I do like some Blumhouse horror movies. So, so I could appreciate it sort of like from a market standpoint for, for really sort of keeping horror alive. And and now I think um, people are starting to get a little smarter and more inventive with horror. And I think that that's great. And I think a lot of that is owed to the fact that, uh, you know, Blumhouse sort of kept the ball rolling and kept that interest going. And now uh, hope I'm, I'm hopeful for horror. <laughs> and I think maybe it's because we're living in such scary times. I feel like <laughs> that's where horror really starts to like hit home a lot more. So it's like this really precious Artistic outlet that we should protect at all costs because mm-hmm. um, it can really help us
0: cope, like, <laughs> yeah, like a therapeutic outlet. Is what you know we talked about earlier with some people in the chat. Mm-hmm. Like a Therapeutic a way to you know kind of head, head to therapy for sure. Yeah, <laughs> who
1: needs therapy yeah. when you have horror? <laughs>
0: yeah, just go see a horror movie. Yeah, Watch, go, go see a good one. Yeah, if you, yeah. If you can. <laughs> And uh, I think you had mentioned all the stinkers in the 90s, and a lot of them were like teenage, <laughs> you know, the kind of slash, I know what you did last summer type of thing. And mm-hmm. that was during the economic boom. So maybe there's a, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. More than, you, any thoughts on Grady Hendrix and his retro revival of Horror Lit? Uh,
1: I haven't read Grady Hendrix.
0: Have you? I have not, but I think uh, was it um, Final Girl Support Group was like a uh, like a love letter to slashers, from what I from what I've read, mm. like eighty slashers.
1: Yeah, uh, a viewer actually sent me a copy of what is it called? Um, Southern something. Southern. Oh, uh, there's a Southern something support group. I forget the name of it. Southern vampire something. You know what Vampir- I'm talking about. about. It has a peach oh, on it. the cover. Um, <laughs> but I haven't read it, so I don't know. I, I don't know how much I can say about Grady Hendrix. Uh, so. but I, I I do, of course, I, I'm aware of um his uh, paperbacks from Hell book, which sort of like uh revitalized an interest in like vintage horror, and of course, like uh, Valancourt put out like this paperbacks from Hell label where they reprinted a lot of these works that were long out of print. Uh, so I think that's great. I am a little bit mad because now, like, you know, you could get, like, old, shitty, like, vintage horror paperbacks for, like, 50 cents, and now they're, like, collector's items. So they sell for a ton. <laughs> and so I'm like, that sucks because now, <laughs> now they're, like, harder to get. Um, but, but I do, you know, at the same time, I'm, I'm happy that there's more interest in that stuff that kind of, Felt like it got lost in time. But um, people are people are finally starting to see the light. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I don't know if that like vintage horror stuff...
0: I don't know if that's what he writes about in his books. or um, well, The uh, the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Uh, that my one. Best Friend's Exorcism I Heard is Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, horror Store I Heard is Good as well. Uh, the, the Final Girl Support Group I've Heard good and bad. It's one of those that either you either really like it or, or not so yeah. much.
1: So, so it seems like he he does like uh, gimmicky stuff, but like on purpose, right? Like um, like a wink and a nod, gimmicky. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, so. So that's cool. I don't know. I look forward to reading stuff by him, but I don't know. I
0: don't know him well. I'm not acquainted. <laughs> Southern campy vampire or vampies.
1: Vamp- yeah southern southern
0: gothic S- sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of of old of old books that are hard to get i was i've been trying to get the original version of the stand and that book is oh like, man that thing is hard to get the I guess the original like uh, not guess, the uncut could, version yeah like the really long like fourteen hundred <laughs> page version for some reason, I want to torture myself with that. But I've been trying to oh, find no, it. The,
1: oh, the, no, the original was shorter.
0: Oh, it was shorter. I thought it was longer.
1: No, it was shorter. and the Because oh, okay. the the newer is like the unconverted. He added like 300 pages to it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. So you're looking for the shorter one. I didn't know that it was that rare.
0: Yeah, I think um, uh, our, our friend Stacy, we're, we were trying to read it together. And I think Stacy had to go on eBay and get like this old beat up. Barely holding together, version from eBay or something. So, yeah,
1: yeah. I, th- there's um, the 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 one that I'm always hunting for that I've, well, well not right now because um, I can't buy books. Um, but you know what? If I find it for a good price, like fuck it, I'm buying it. But the the original paperback for um, the Girl Next Door by Jack Kitchum, hmm. um I don't know if you've seen that cover.
0: <laughs> I haven't. So I it's
1: gonna... like, yeah. It's like it has like a cheerleader with like a skeleton face. It's like oh, the man. furthest, the furthest thing from what the book is about, which is oh, hilarious. Really? <laughs> um,
0: that uh, that story is so disturbing, and what's what's worse is that it's uh, was it loosely based. Oh,
1: have you read it?
0: I have not, but I've heard about the the, um, I've heard about the actual case, so I haven't read the book.
1: Oh, do you have a copy of it? no i can send you one
0: okay oh, yeah. i don't know hey, i have of a couple I, of... <laughs> I, i've thought about reading it but at the same time it's kind of i don't know if i want to oh uh,
1: you no know. okay i respect that i won't press i won't press you, won't press yeah. you on it
0: <laughs> so it's this one right? that's the one you're talking about <laughs> that that's the one it's that's uh
1: <laughs> it's like the if that has nothing to do with the book it, it makes it look like this wacky like skeleton girl horror comedy and it's like the most horrible fucking thing you've ever read in your life um that's why i want it but it goes for like 200 really yeah so not happening (laughs) wow so that to me that's what um grady hendrix did so thanks a lot
0: They like Gritty Hendrix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kayla says it took months to find a cut version of the stand for a price I was willing to pay. I didn't expect that to be so hard to find. Uh, Kayla, if uh, how where did you find it? If you don't mind me asking, because I'm trying to find a a copy of it. Mm. I'm guessing eBay might be. I've gone to all the used bookstores, and well, not all of them, but a few of them. But I wasn't. Have you planning. searched eBay? I haven't, because I know that once I once I. I'll end up in a bidding war, and I'll end up paying way more than I should. For, you know, because you start getting competitive. And are you yeah. one of those aggressive bidders? I can be. That's why I had to get off of eBay because it, it's something I don't even I, like. I'll bet a dollar on this, and then it gets up to like $30, $40. dollars. Like this, you know, I'm not going to let this person beat me. I'm going to keep bidding. for
1: real. I'm always yeah. like, "Fuck this!" Like it's personal now. I mean, like he's actively antagonizing me.
0: So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Facebook Marketplace. Okay, yeah, I don't have Facebook. Oh, so. yeah. yeah.
1: You know, i I live in a scary ass fucking place of the world. Like, I live in this desert town. Like, hills have ice type of situation. Like, it's it's scary out here. And <laughs> i I downloaded this app. I don't remember what it was called. It was like, um, OfferUp or something like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's kind of like a Craigslist. Basically, um, and I searched like um, if anybody around here was selling books because we don't have any bookstores around here. Um, like the nearest bookstore is like two hours away. So okay. I yeah, so I was like, well, maybe people are selling books somewhere. And so I looked at books, and and it, mo- it was mostly like Bibles and like things like that. Uh, but somebody was selling like this old like crusty beat up uh, copy of the Lord of the Rings. And then they, they were like, Oh, you can come pick it up at this address. And then I looked up the address it's like in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, that's a fucking death trap. I'm not. So I don't buy books locally.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't want to copy a Lord of the Rings that bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like an old beat up dusty copy of it. Um, yeah. So that was my story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I know my mom has one, and she's holding out to me hoarding it. Yeah, unfortunately, my, unfortunately, my mother-in-law is the biggest fan, so I haven't gotten my hands on that one. <laughs> oh
1: wait, uh, Brandy, I have a question. Um, have you
0: made Steve a blanket? No, I have not <gasps> had a blanket. In fact, she's working on a blanket for my nephew because my nephew <laughs> and his fiance are gonna have a baby, so. Now I have to wait in line again. I go to the back of the line again, I have to wait for my blanket. Yeah, and winter will be over, and then I will I still want to have a blanket.
1: You'll get a yeah. blanket in like the hot ass middle of June or something.
0: Yeah, I'll get a blanket in June, it's 100 <laughs> degrees outside, you
1: know? Well, we love brandy. Yeah. But that is kind of sus.
0: Definitely, yeah. My family needs to stop having in babies because I, I get back <laughs> to the back of the line. Every time. <laughs> well, it's probably easier to make a baby a blanket. You would think so, but I yeah. It yeah, but I'm I'm not better. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> blanket, no yeah. blanket
1: yet, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Interesting. Uh Trish says I have a second copy of the cut stand and oh. to part with. Oh wow, cool. I'll have to get in touch with you, Trish, and see what you would uh how much you want for it.
1: No, Trish sent it to me.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're gonna start. more. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll pay you one hundred dollars. I'll pay I'll you one hundred and fifty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if Steve would stop adding my books to to my TBR, maybe I'd have more time. Yeah. Oh okay. man, Trush. <laughs> she has me there. Yeah.
1: But you know what? I think that that's beautiful. Right? You're a couple that reads. Mm-hmm. That is pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, our kids read a lot, too. Um, it's great. Oh, hi, Jason. Hey, Jason. Uh, he's uh, he's at work goofing off. I'd love to tune into this one but I'm at work. Cheers, guys. <laughs> well, thank you for dropping by. Yeah, thanks for dropping in. I know that uh, uh, Jason has a really strange schedule, so I feel for him because it's really tough to work nights like that and to switch back and forth
1: i thought you were gonna say jason's a very strange person i was oh, like oh no.
0: he's <laughs> no. a strange schedule
1: <laughs> i was like damn okay No, That's we hard. love jason no. <laughs> yeah
0: jason's great he's awesome
1: <laughs> he, he's in the collab
0: hmm? so yeah. everybody
1: in this <laughs> chat is in the
0: collab basically yeah just <laughs> Uh, yeah and and i especially like the pictures that um everyone submitted yeah
1: that was a lot of fun uh i i asked you know i asked everybody like give your best impression of like that little guy um and i like that you know some people were for like the glamour shots like looking scared but like you know you know still giving face and then some people were just like fully went in um (laughs) so that was fun variety
0: yeah, that's really, I was impressed with some of them. Some of them are pretty close.
1: Yeah, like Dave's.
0: Yeah, yeah that was, that's great. That's a great one. I uh, actually really like the stuff Steve picks for me. I'm reading Crossroads right now, and it's really and it's great. I just like to give him shit. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I can confirm. Uh, I get that everywhere I go.
1: <laughs> no, we love Jason. Yeah, yeah Jason's, Jason's a big inspiration. Um, definitely for the children around the world, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> like myself. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, Jason's one of the reasons I started doing this, because I, I wasn't sure oh, I'd no. have an audience here. So yeah. his his really laid back approach was. Um...
1: Yeah, I remember you saying that. Like It's mm-hmm. kind of like you two are kind of like this chill <laughs> ASMR kind of moment. Yeah. Which I love <laughs>
0: yeah we're gonna start we're gonna start narrating books and sound them as asmr <laughs> that'd be cool yeah, have a, have um, a side hustle
1: yeah I don't know who was my biggest by the way are, are are you I'm just like are you trying to end this I don't know if if you no, have like unless, a... unless you want to go get... oh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no I was just like am I rambling on for too long or... no um okay <laughs> um oh have, we'll a great have run, fun! Jason. Have fun! Thank you for tuning in. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I my uh the channel that made me start was Cameron Cheney. I don't know if you watch.
0: Um, I think I've seen TV. a couple. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I I had like no concept of like booktube when I started. Like I didn't know it was a thing. That what like, I mean, I knew people talked about books on YouTube, but I didn't know it was like a like, an actual community full of, like, all these people. Um, so I I think I searched, like, horror books or something, and, like, his was one of, like, the first results. And then I saw, like, he had, like, this really, like, um, just, like, very, like, enthusiastic about horror, which, honestly, I had never seen anybody on YouTube being like that. So I was like, that's cool. I can try to do that. Um, so, yeah, he was a... Uh, he was the first sort of BookTuber that I found and like the the reason why. So blame him <laughs> for me being here. <laughs> yeah,
0: I wanted to ask you something because, you know, your channel is a lot bigger. it's It keeps growing and growing and growing. And I wondered, uh, as your channel grows and you need more viewers and more people interacting with you, do you ever second guess yourself with the content you make and say, why well, I, I need to have to kind of have it to this standard and I have to – kind of i don't want to say meet expectations but i have to i have to you know make it worthwhile and i have to i can't just kind of because i used to just kind of throw things together and like you know what no one's gonna watch anyway screw it but now that a couple of people watch it's kind of like why well, i have to at least put some thought into it and you know like mm-hmm. so did, did that ever cross your mind
1: so if there is like if there is a standard that I should be meeting, I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, I, I I really have, like, no. I continue to be bewildered day and night about how my channel has been growing. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm, like, a little concerned. I'm a little scared because I, I don't know where all these people are coming from. So, like, I, I really don't know. I have, like, no concept of, like, yeah, I went on like my analytics page once and I saw like all these fucking numbers and I was like, I don't know. I don't know what this, I don't know. Like, I don't know <laughs> what to make of this. Like, so my my thing is like, and I guess like this is my av- biggest advice to like anybody that wants to like start a channel and stuff like that. Um, It's like, just put out, put out the things that you're passionate about, you know, like just don't really worry about, you know, what's the biggest trend right now. Don't worry about, you know, what's gonna drawing the big, you know, well, if you want to worry about that, I mean, (laughs) do you, but, but, you know, I put out things that I, I know I'm passionate about and that I, I want to make videos on. And, and I guess it is kind of, it is something I've noticed that there's no real like cohesion to the kinds of videos that I make. Like, I guess mostly horror, but I'll pretty much talk about anything. Um, But to me, it's like you, you, you throw out, you know, you put out your seeds out into the world and something's going to grow from it. Cause I, you know, to give you an example, like Southern Gothic literature is like a big passion of mine. Like it's, it's a thing I specialized in in college. It's like the thing that I could almost call myself a sort of like, not expert, but like something that I can speak on with a kind of authority. Um, And then I I had noticed that there weren't really any videos on the subject on YouTube. Uh, And so I thought, well, I'll make one, you know, there's something I'm passionate about and stuff. Um, And then you know it, it ended up being like this 50 minute video as usual of me sort of giving like kind of like an introduction on the genre what to read that kind of stuff um and then when i uploaded it like um back in i think it was it was earlier in the year um almost at the beginning of 2021 uh like when i uploaded it, it got like 30 views maybe less and and i was like you know i'm fine with that like i'm not looking to like go viral or anything obviously or or i would be doing something else uh but you know to me it's kind of like this um for me it's like patience is the name of the game you know because eventually like the people the other people out there who are also passionate about this thing like they're gonna search for it you know they're eventually gonna stumble on it and they'll watch it and and they'll engage with it Um, And then now that video is almost up to like 3,000 views. So it's like, you know, it's not, it didn't break the internet, but, you know, it's, it's, it's gained some traction Mm
0: -hmm. over time,
1: you know? And, and I'm just like, I, I don't worry too much about like, you know, what's the standard for like my content? Like what's the, what, you know, how am I going to step the game? I'm just like, whatever I'm feeling passionate about, I'll put out and, and I know YouTube complicates, you know, YouTube makes it very hard to do that because you know it's it's right there on like the homepage of your studio yeah. page, right? It's like your videos, you know, tenth place, it's not doing great, like you're flopping. Yeah, <laughs> but nobody cares. <laughs> right, yeah. But I I I learned somewhere along the line to like let that go, you know, and, and I'm just like I think it's just about having fun i know everybody says that i know it sounds kind of repetitive and trite but but i do think it's like the biggest thing like just just put up things that you're gonna have fun making and and eventually like the right people will watch mm-hmm. right and that's that's the most i can say on, on on whatever the hell i've been doing here on this platform
0: <laughs> yeah i mean, he says i started my youtube channel because i was inspired by megan and sue from the spine breakers
1: no, I've never heard
0: of them. I think they have a book club, I if I'm not mistaken. They, mm-hmm. do, they do like monthly reads and stuff. Nice. Channel. Uh Juan, on th- your authenticity is what keeps people watching. I am sure of it.
1: Oh. Well,
0: there you go. Uh thank- he says, oh, My God, I need to go back you. and watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get it more into <laughs> Southern Gothic.
1: Yeah. Check it out. It's, it, if you have an hour to kill. <laughs> You can take, you can microdose it
0: if you want. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kayla was thinking the same thing. And Kayla is actually really close to three hundred subs. Last I checked, she was like nine away. Oh, nice. Kayla makes great videos. She does great reviews. Um, reads a, especially horror, really great. Um, mm-hmm. Consistent. So anybody who's not subscribed to Kayla, go check it out because she makes some awesome, awesome stuff. Definitely for
1: sure. I, I am subscribed. We do like, comment, and subscribe.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. Well, Juan, thanks for uh, for coming by to uh, to chat. It's always a it's always a good time chatting with you, and I know we kind of go off on all these tangents, but it's fun. <laughs> it's a good time.
1: <laughs> um, so, first of all, I apologize. Uh, second of all, yeah, thank you. Uh, like I said, I've been looking forward to this so i'm happy that it finally happened
0: <laughs> yeah no I, I, these are these are supposed to be like just like a you know casual thing so no i i i didn't prepare at all i usually have at least an idea of what i'm going to uh but with you it's just like really easy because we just go off and
1: <laughs> you were like it's one.
0: Yeah, I was like, I don't have to plan. It's like we'll we'll find stuff to talk about, you know. Like,
1: yeah, and we and we sure did. <laughs> yeah, we
0: sure did about awkward daps and uh and old old uh, cheerleader covers with skulls, faces, and yeah, we just we found yeah. all kinds of interesting things to talk about.
1: <laughs> it was a great time. Oh well, we're about to leave, but thank you for coming yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Glad you. Oh, he got you got your booster shot. Okay. Oh yeah. Glad you didn't dematerialize into 5g energy and blow it <laughs> out into the
0: ether <laughs> that'd, that'd be a good horror book there <laughs> we go yeah. timely um yeah, time, very timely <laughs> uh hey thanks more than average I, I appreciate you coming by asking questions it's always fun when people come by and interact with us and ask questions and just kind of for be sure part of the conversation so it's, it's really great thanks for thanks for taking the time and brandy thank has you. to watch you know otherwise you know i'll have to give her a hard time about it later so
1: <laughs> well thank you brandy yeah. thanks, everybody.
0: <laughs> thanks everybody thanks everybody thanks Juan, for for taking the time i really appreciate it i know you're busy of and course. have a lot lot going on so appreciate the appreciate you taking some time to come in and, and bs with me
1: <laughs> anytime <laughs> yeah.
0: cool. thanks everybody right. have a good night
1: bye